I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of Vicky Patterson's The Secret 2. I am joined by my gorgeous girl, Laura Anderson, and we have a special guest. Let me see, buddy. Oh, buddy. Oh. But he can't make any no he can't make any noises. He doesn't usually bark. Oh, babe, he's like but a little is. teddy, isn't he? You okay, Angel? Oh, he's got a sore belly. We'll just Poor. pop him down on my lap there. Poor he'll Baba. Just, he'll just sit there and be good. Oh, how has Buddy found the move to Dubai? Is he how is he all right? Is he happy? Do you know what? He loves it. It's really weird. He loves the heat. He always he? wants out in the garden, even in the summer. I was like, I'm not going out there. And we had to like, I can't really leave the door open and just let him go around because he'll stay mm. out there all day. It's weird. <gasps> I never thought he'd be like that, but he, mm. he does love it. Um, so, Milo's yeah. the polar opposite, like won't even get... In the morning, he comes into bed with my main daddy, he wakes it up, he wants to go for his walk, he wants everything. So he comes in, has a cuddle and that, it's lush. But at night time, no, it's too hot for Milo. He lies on the floor and protects her from the monsters. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he, he doesn't he doesn't sleep with us dane's very strict oh, like if we he? have kids he, he'll be the strict parent he's like no he's like shouting at me yesterday because buddy always sits and puts his paw and looks up at me when i eat and he's like you shouldn't be letting him do that he's a dog i'm like no but he's my baby yes honestly mate you sound like me now can't so uh, everybody's like vicky you've lost loads of weight recently and i'm like do you know what it is right i swear to god Milo gets half of everything my eats. He just he just has to look at his mate. He doesn't have to beg. Like he's not a beggar. Yeah. He just looks and I'm like, You're hungry, son. And before I noticed I'd half my sausage baguette. So yeah, oh. he's yeah. To be fair, buddy buddy can't eat that much, so um, Oh yeah. Milo can pull <laughs> he's it not away. making me skinny. No, I mean, you don't oh. need a girl, you look class. But yeah, Milo is a top scranner, aren't you? And Erkan goes mad. But I feel like there's always gotta be one good cop and one bad cop, hasn't there? Yeah, but then it's almost like when I'm the bad cop, he's like, oh, leave him alone. <laughs> stick, to, stick to your role, Dane. Stick to your role. <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, I come in and he's like, got him like right on his face, licking him. And I'm like, you're all right there, you too? He's like, I think he needs a swimming lesson. And then like takes him in the pool and tries to teach him how to swim. I'm like, he hates it. <laughs> so wait, no, he's not, he's not a swimmer. There he is. Where are you, sir? There you go. Look at the size of you. You I, I was boy. I was brought I was brought up with a, a black lab and a golden <gasps> lab. They're the best dogs. Honestly. They they're mental so when they're puppies, but then when they get to a certain age, they're really calm. Mm, wow. Well, I've um, got a mental bit at the moment. But I know. 
um, you said just there, which I think was very interesting, um, that you know, when we have kids. So that's obvious. You've obviously spoke about this, haven't you? Yeah, do you know what we have? And we started trying, like, really quickly. <laughs> I think just because, yeah, like... I've got no filter, I just say everything. Nah. But, um, yeah, it's we did start It's fucking great trying. for me. I'm just watching the headlines rack up as <laughs> no, it no, goes. No. <laughs> no, but I just... I've been on the pill for years. I don't know about you, but um, just so long I was on the pill and I thought, you know what, this is probably not that good for my body. Mm. And why does the girl have to, you know, if you're in a relationship, you're not using condoms, whatever, like the girl's on the pill, right? So Mm. I was just like, should I just come off it? And we won't like 100% try, but I got the app. So I tried like when I'd be ovulating and stuff like that. And and he was like, well, if you're going to come off the pill, we may as well just track it and do it properly and I was like yeah. all right okay he's like it'll probably take ages but yeah we've come into a bit of a hurdle like we've got some problems so I don't oh, yeah no. I don't I don't think it's going to be as easy as I'm always like really positive and I'm like yeah it'll be so easy and he was like no so he was right so um yeah you just gotta go to the doctors and check do lots of checks but I'm sure it'll whatever you know there's lots of different options as well of course um, god but yeah, it's quite quite common, like loads of different things for for men um, and women. So we'll see, we'll see yes. what happens. Do you know? I think like <laughs> this is again, and like we're talking about like sort of being a bit disillusioned in we're youth with Disney films and stuff. But even like with things more adult themes like pregnancy and stuff, like we're completely disillusioned in our teens and twenties mm. to believe like it's yeah. something that will just happen if you want it, and like it's so much yeah. more difficult than that than that. Now I'm in my thirties, and so many of my friends are trying for babies and getting pregnant and all the rest. Yeah, of it. Same. You realize that it's not as it it. it it sometimes is not as easy as just being in love and wanting to have a baby which like nobody ever told you that it could potentially be hard and I think people just didn't really speak about you know maybe miscarriages or infertility that's correct yeah sorry I think (laughs) infidelity (laughs) anyway oh god um, maybe (laughs) maybe we just didn't really talk about it as much but obviously it was always there um but how old are you now, Vicky? So I'm literally 34 in like two weeks, mate. So I just had a conversation. 34. Yeah, I just had a conversation just yesterday, which is why this feels so like, it's really hitting home with me, with my okay. designer about freezing the eggs. Um, yeah. We're just not there, me and Erkan. And like, okay. I'm not like, so obviously you've gone, Dane's older, well, I'm dating younger, um, bit of a cougar, bro. Um, and I... No don't want to rush his Urkan's timeline um it's it's harder situation for you because you know like you say you're older and I feel like women almost have this stigma like oh you're trying to trap a man and and I would feel worse like because I would feel guilty I I think it would be difficult being with a a younger guy and it's probably he probably is ready maybe and you're not 100% sure or whatever the situation but my friend just um did the freezing of her eggs. And I think it's a great idea. Do you know what I mean? Because you can still, I think you can still freeze your eggs and then, you know, still get pregnant naturally without using those eggs anyway, later on. But it's a good, it's a good little um, backup. And I think, you know, you just need to explore all options and what suits the couple that you're in. Um, And it's not really the same as any, anyone else's, is it? 
No, no. And like, this is what we were saying yesterday, me and your designer. It's such, like, I think it's it's such a power move for a woman to actually go and take that step and make that conscious decision because you liberate yourself of any like sort of time constraints. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mm. Like, I'd love to be a mother in the next couple of years. I'd love it to be as straightforward as I've, me and I can love each other. We get married and then we have children. But like we've mentioned, law, sometimes it's just not that straightforward. And God, what's yeah. who's to say when I feel ready, I'm not going to feel ready at 42. And that yeah. does put you in a category of being a geriatric mother. Like, God, yeah. I think I'm actually even there now. So it's just really hard for women. And I don't think there's, there should be any stigma and there should be anything Yeah, it's other. not fair. Like, why yeah. do we have to be of such a certain age? Like, especially for women that are successful, you know, it seems like you lose 10 years just like that because maybe you're working or your focus yeah. is elsewhere. And then you're almost like hit with this oh, by the way, if you don't have a baby within the next few years, your chances are, and then it's this pressure if we don't have enough of it already. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think, yeah, definitely. Um, have you already looked into it, yeah? Well, I'd looked into it a couple of years ago when I did a TV show. Um, I, you know, broke up with me ex at the time and of course I was expecting to be married by now have kids quite frankly I mm. probably would have also been fucking divorced if that relationship had gone ahead yeah but, exactly but you know so I was in a headspace where I thought I wanted kids so I was like oh my god like I don't want to rush a can where relationship was brand new obviously we're three years down the line now um yeah. but yeah and I remember thinking I'm gonna look into this and I did and you know they were really kind and the process is relatively straightforward um but she did say you know i'd encourage you to do this sooner rather than later which i found well, really that's scary the thing. i know Is... my friend's doing it right now and you have to it's like ivf it's like the preparation for ivf you have to mm. inject your belly oh, God, and it does something i know it's scary but it's only three weeks i think and then um i definitely think it's something that everyone should explore i think that amy from love island did yeah. she not do it yeah, I think because I think her mum, her mum, her mum's so lovely. Um, I think she, she went through like an early menopause, so I think even though Amy's quite young, I think yeah. she actually she's preempting um, potentially. Something yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Which you know you can't control, and you just have to take and well then control of your life and make decisions that are going to benefit you. So, um, I think if you do do it, would you like? speak out about it I think you should yeah like if you oh do, god do no you, you know me I'll speak out about it <laughs> I kind of keep anything a secret do you know what I honestly think has been stopping us doing it sooner and I hate myself for saying this right but like I just kind of god think you know once you do that you sort of tell yourself it, it's almost like mentally telling yourself I'm not having kids in the next couple of years that's what you're saying and like I felt mm. like I don't no, know. No, because you can still like, do it naturally, though. I know, of course. But, like, you know, yeah. sometimes when you say that, it's almost as if you're admitting to yourself, like, I am not going to be a mother in the next couple of years. And I'm not in this mad rush. Don't get yeah. us wrong. But, like, I do see all my friends yeah, no, and things. Yeah, no, like, in your head, that's, what, that's yeah. what you're thinking. But I think the best thing to do is go to the doctor, get all the information of how many eggs you've got left, how many are good, and then mm. you take some out, but then you still keep enough where you could get pregnant naturally within the next few years. Oh, so yeah, I don't want to limit options. it. I don't no, want them no, no. all in the I think freezer. you can do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> what if turns some... the freezer off? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want... I'll definitely keep some in my little ute. Is that where eggs live? Do they live in the uterus? I should know this. Um, I'm a woman. Yeah. You've... No, they live in, in the... What Shoot. are the two? Fallopians. 
No, wait. The, oh, no. No, because <laughs> the guy released... You're released... slated for this. No, no, no. You got the tubes, but then you got the two ovaries. Oh, so you... And the ovaries. That would make sense. The ovaries. That would make sense. And then they come out... They come down the fallopian tubes, and then your when uterus you... is where you make the baby in the middle, and then when you don't make the baby, it comes down as the period. Okay, so, right. Let me just... Cu- so, the uterus is like the oven, where everything is cooked and made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- I think that's so. A- Okay, and then, that's in the middle. You've got your two tubes, and then your ovaries are where the eggs are. Ovaries are like the egg sacs, and the tubes. Yeah, because are like the the like the motorway. That's just where they come down, and that's where they meet the sperm. So they can only meet the sperm there before they get to the top. So that's why, like every time you have a period, um, you have your period from one side or the other. So your egg that's coming down to be fertilized, oh, doesn't get fertilized. It might be from the left. So your period is from the left that month. This is really interesting. Yeah, because I had a scan and they told me I was just about to get my period and they're like, oh, you're going to be ovulating from the left ovary. Fucking hell. Amazing, isn't it, right? I just think it's so hot. It's such a difficult thing to navigate and it's so personal for every woman. Um, And I know I've had friends who it's just happened for really organically and then I've had other friends who've really struggled and so deserving of being a mother and your heart just breaks. Mm. So, no, I'd never want to be in that position if I can avoid it. So I think you're right. I'm definitely going to... Do you know what? I'm gonna actually going to come off this podcast and make some inquiries. I'm, I'm serious. You need to... Yeah, you need to find out all the information before you can make a decision. Like, you don't really know what you're working with until you get loads of checks done. And if you got the checks done a few years ago... Things that could be different. Could be totally, totally different. Like, yeah. so, and you're not admitting defeat. You're not saying, I'm not going to be able to be a mother naturally. I'm not going to be having a baby the next few years. You're just having a backup plan. And if you yeah. say that to your doctor and be like, is this the right choice if that's what yeah. I want? And they say yes, then you just need to trust them and go with it. Because if you don't have that backup plan, you'll be like, thinking about this podcast, and you'll be like, I should have listened to Laura. I know, mate, honestly. And, like, it is a good backup plan. It is a serious power play. And I am going to feel like a boss bitch when I do it. So, yeah, you've convinced me. I well, you don't know some... yet. You might you might not, but you need to find out all the facts of what, yeah. how you, if you suit that category and what that could do for you, if it's, if it's right for you. Do you know what I mean? Mate, I really hope that everything works out for you and Dane. You'd make a fantastic mother. Yeah, I think so. I'm a good mum to Buddy. <laughs> he looks like a very content little boy <laughs> he is he's very content I've learned a lot I think you learn a lot as an auntie as well like living here I was when my niece was born here um, you know my sister's here and and it really taught me a lot she's such an amazing mom and mm. and I'm really close with my niece because she's an only child so I think um, I've had I've had some practice um, yeah I do I do love kids I just totally believe what's meant to be will be and I think like you just have to go with like your gut instinct and I know that I will be a mum and I think we just need to get over like a few hurdles and then see like what happens um but I'm pretty positive oh you've got to stay positive mate and you know I always say nothing in life worth having comes easy um yeah and I have a um I have a friend who tried for seven years and like three rounds of IVF, a lot. And like I know by no stretch of the imagination is that the worst fertility journey I've ever heard or the hardest one, but it truly resonated with me because I care about my friends so much. And I watched someone who in my eyes was just made to be a mother really 
struggle with that and um it was heartbreaking but now she's got a little girl and she's beautiful oh, and it. it's just so it makes her so much more special because she is that miracle yeah that that's the thing like ideally i think because dane's like you know if we need to do ivf we need to do ivf and i just think oh i don't really want to like i just never thought this would have to happen to me or whatever yeah. and um but, you know, and I'm thinking, God, all the money that you need to spend, would you be resentful if it didn't work and the stress between the two of you and all this stuff? But mm. we're not, like, at that point yet. Like, he mm. still needs to get, like, some checks and stuff like that. But um, you just, you can't really plan for these things. Like, life just throws you a curveball and it's about how you get get through it, isn't it, and how you deal with it. And there's just so many people that have been through it as well. Yeah. Like so many know, people. So common. You think, you so think it's just you and then you're like, no. <laughs> no, it's so common. And like, it's brave of you to talk about it, Laura, and I appreciate you trusting me with that. Um, mate, I've got to, like, I've got to ch- have a different change of tack here because I fall into the habit when I'm on Zoom and I know loads of other people do it as well, like, of just sitting and staring at myself a little bit and I'm just looking at my wrinkly face and I'm like, how the fuck does she look so good? I read somewhere, not that long ago, mate, that you'd had one of those, like, skin skin things done where, like, it measured your skin age oh. and you were really shocked. yeah. I read that you did like a test and it showed you your skin's age and it was like 10 years older or something than what it was. Have you been really good with your skincare since? Because you look yeah. unreal, mate, have you? Tell I've got makeup on. Do. Yeah, I've but got I just think on. you look... You just but look I'm facing lush. the window. I'm facing the window. So I'm um, fucking out, mate. I still look <laughs> like your ma. But I've got this, the Dubai sun. You've yeah. got clouds, see? Yeah. No, but cool. um, definitely... Uh, since Love Island and seeing myself on TV um, and, you know, I used to like my freckles and think they were really cool, which I still do, but I had a lot of skin damage just from being in the sun, mm. being a bit lax, like, you know, I was brought up bloody putting, like, oil on and what to be tanned as. Yeah, it's a British made. thing. Yeah. It's a British thing. And I think, like, I don't know, like, Americans and Australians, they're good, they're a bit yeah. smarter with their sun cream and just being over here, like, just in the sun all the time and not really thinking. Now, I don't put my face in the sun at all. I always wear a hat, factor 50 and I've just been lucky enough to have a lot of different like facials yeah peels um a lot of more probably higher like quality skincare yeah. and I'm just like religious with it I think when I did my first peel and my mm-hmm. whole face swelled up and like literally oh, burnt God, was off it, was it painful it was, yeah because I was literally peeling for about two months <gasps> no yeah it was constant it's that retinol you put on and then it yeah. peels again it was all around my mouth and oh, and you, if you put makeup on I was just like peeling off <laughs> but it's totally I worth it and it's made such a difference like I do look different without makeup on like I've got foundation so you can't really see but I've got like pigment sort of on my head yeah. it kind of looks like Africa like it's a bit like the map oh that's Africa. the shape oh <laughs> Um, you do yeah, look great, mate. You do look oh, great. Oh, thanks. thanks. I, got some dodgy, I got some dodgy Botox the other day, and I swear to God, it didn't even work. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's not that. No. And then my eyebrows look like a scouse brow. I don't know what happened there. It's a wee bit tinted too much, but yeah. No. <laughs> don't, don't even start. You look amazing. Just take the compliment, I swear. I'm so have... bad at taking compliments. <laughs> you must Thank have... you. Oh, you're welcome. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You must have always, I think, had to have taken a real pride in your appearance because before Love Island, before everything, you were a cabin crew. And, like, it's just notorious. And I know it's a stereotype, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's for being no, beautiful, is. glamorous, very well put together women. So tell me, like, how you got into that. Like, you did love it. You've spoken so openly about yeah. how much it was, how passionate you were. Um, it was such a big part of my life. Like, that was kind of my career because it was, like, 10 years so, um, you know, I left school young, did well at school, but left pretty young, like 16 and kind of got into like a dead end office job and met a girl there that I just loved. We became besties and she told me about cabin crew. I never really knew anyone that was cabin crew. I didn't really see it as a real job. Like I felt like when you were in school, it was like, you know, your guidance teacher would be like, you're going to be a doctor, or a lawyer, this or this. And I just didn't really know it existed. So she told me all about it. And I just went for it, started flying like in Scotland, just in like short flights. Then I moved over to Cyprus and worked from there. Then I was down in London and then eventually moved over to Dubai. And um, yeah, I was only 21 and just loved it because Emirates here kind of they set you up with an amazing life. Like they give you an apartment, you know, you get to go to these pl- these places, you get a lot of discounts, you get like flights home and stuff like that for all your family. So it was quite, even though it sounded scary and like loads of people message me now all the time about Emirates and I always try and give them advice and stuff because it's one of the best things I've ever done. Like, yeah. you know, if you're even, like, I remember moving up to business class and having to like greet like businessmen, you know, I'm only like a young girl. It can be quite intimidating. It just taught me so much about confidence and I think if you ever work with the public and you have to almost like serve you just you know you learn it's just a different kind of way of speaking communicating with people and and sort of yeah taking a pride in your appearance like Emirates were very strict with that um go on tell me some of the things with Emirates like was that is that have you ever known someone, and I know this is terrible, but have you ever known them, like, let someone go because they didn't look a certain way or they let themselves yeah. go or something? No! Yeah, yeah, so Dubai is very not, like, PC. There's no, like, unions in your work and they just literally would tell you that you're fat. Like, there's literally, like, a fat camp. No! So you you have to stick within your BMI. If your skirt's too tight, Fuck you get off... off. If you, get, you can get offloaded from flights. Well, to be fair, they wouldn't, they would just tell you to get a bigger skirt, but you have to have a certain BMI. It's more because of the physical side of the job. They get away with it. They get away with it. And to be honest, the aisles are tiny. And um, to be honest, like to look at some of the crew, like I wouldn't say all the crew were like that. 
Yeah. Like there's like voluptuous girls and there's like bigger guys, but I don't know. I just got used to it. That was just the way it was. And there was no gray area. Like you were either this, you know, BMI or whatever, or you weren't. And that was just, they did say it as this is the physical. Da, da, da. Like I wouldn't be able to have my hair like this. Like you weren't allowed roots um, you you had to have like I think like all the airlines in the UK like you can have like your hair up with like bits hanging down and it was like it had to be like pure scraped right off you had to you had to have like a hair net like these nails whoa they would not pass <laughs> honestly so what like manicures all the way as well yeah so if every flight you would go into a briefing and you would have like an image and uniform check so you'd stand show your fingers. Like, your tights, your shoes needed to be polished. Like, you had to steam your outfit. Like, your scarf for your hat had to have, like, no makeup on it. You had to have spare. Like, it was, yeah, it was, like, intense. But you know what? You got so used to it, you, you would get annoyed if someone didn't have the right nail polish on or you would, like, pick up on stuff yourself. Because yeah, you thought, you became I can't meticulous. wear that. Yeah. yeah, like, if I can't wear that, even, like, your red lipstick, I used to try and get away with this slightly burnt orange red. <laughs> Oh, you and rebel! Like, you rebel! Or like a or like a pinky one or whatever. Because it's just like I just don't suit red lipstick. And they're always like, Laura, your your red lipstick's not right. And I was just like, Yeah. So it was quite intense. But you know, it's because there's so many of us. There was like twenty odd thousand of us from every country you could think of, all interpreting different rules differently. Mm. So, like, we weren't allowed to wear false eyelashes or actual, like, stick-on, like, really long nails just in case yeah. they went in the food or a bloody eyelash pillow. <laughs> so they did have to have quite strict rules just to kind of accommodate everyone. Like, you weren't allowed to wear braids unless you had Afro hair yeah, or okay. you weren't allowed to... Like, men weren't allowed to have, like, the beards or, like, you weren't allowed to have, like, a fade if you could see your scalp or something. Oh, my <laughs> God. So, honestly, this is madness. Like, I knew there would be a couple of rules, but I had no idea it was going to be this stringent. Great. Grooming isn't even half of it. All the, like, training you have to do in every flight, you get asked, like, all these questions, like, safety, security, emergency procedures. Like, we do, like, firefighting and... Like the security is really hard. Like you learn how to restrain people, and the medical side to it as well is massive. Like there's so much medication on Emirates, and like we're allowed to do like a lot of stuff. Oh my! Like deliver babies and shit. Oh my god! So yeah, hell. there's a right. lot to it. It makes you feel quite important. Like that's why sometimes it used to be annoying. Like people, sometimes people would treat you like shit on the flight and just be like, "Oh, you're just like a waitress, like checking her beef, whatever." But, and or they would ask you for stuff when you were busy doing like a different type of duty like service is second like we were there for your safety primarily do you know what I mean and it yeah. was good in the UK because like your captain that would back you up with stuff like that but like in Dubai it was a bit like customers just knew if they complained enough that they would just get what they wanted so it was hard I was like yes sir fucking <laughs> prick like fuck's sake oh the Arabs are the worst they're like so like they just get away with everything <laughs> I think they expect a serious level of customer service don't they oh yeah a hundred percent they, they do get that <laughs> can I ask? Me, anyway yeah I'm sure you're fantastic can I ask right two questions has there ever been anything scary happened on a flight like whether it be like with the actual plane or whether with a customer has there ever been a moment where you're like fuck I'm trapped in this flying metal box and I'm very scared 
Yeah, like loads of things happen quite a lot. Like people get really scared of turbulence. I don't know why, because it's never really going to do much. Like you would never fly through like, like when they have the, oh God, what's it called? I forgot. It's like all the different color. No. (laughs) No, it's in the flight deck. It's like the round screen. It's called something. I can't remember. Anyway, um, it's got like all the different colors of like the density of the clouds. So like you would never fly through red. So, and the aircraft, like, the wings can literally touch. It's that, like, fucking bouncy. Like, it's... And they have the things for, like, the lightning. So if lightning strikes the plane, it just enters and exits. Like a conductor, almost. Is that the right word? Of heat. Um, I've just called a Floobian tube a motorway, so I'm not Uh, exactly on But, um, no. Yes, things have happened, like, I remember, like, the landing gear didn't come down, like, six times. So we had to circle and circle and then we are running out of fuel and then they had to put like crash mats on the runway and we thought we were going to have to do like an emergency landing. But then the last time it did, they just came down. Oh my God, RB. I am not air hostess material. Like I, I am not cabin crew material at all. Like I'd lose my fucking head. I'd panic. Nah. But you know, the worst thing that can happen, the pilots are amazing. They would have landed it and it would have been fine. But um, the worst thing really that can happen is a fire. Right, like, okay. The honest to God, like fire, there's so many, like we call them halons, um, uh-huh. fire extinguishers. There's so many, like, and yeah. and on the aircraft, and like the response of a cabin crew with the the fire alarm is literally, I'd say, about like three seconds, like, because yeah. we yeah. we would have a lot of false alarms, people spraying deodorant or just smoking. People but this, still smoke, honest, by the way. I was just gonna say this, so I. When I treat myself, you know, or when I'm working and I travel business class and stuff, you expect like, oh, God, everyone's going to be really nice to us. I've paid this amount of money. At least that's in my head. Anyway, I've been in like just about landing in Australia. You're knackered. You're done in. You look like shit. I'm giving myself a bit of a freshen up after 24 hours in the sky. And I sprayed a little bit of uh, dry shampoo. When I tell you they nearly braid my door down, like, and I was like, holding the door. Like, there was a little toothbrush and a little spray can. And they were like, are you fucking smoking in there? Are you smoking in there? And I was like, do my dry shampoo. And they were just like, oh, God. And honestly, I was expecting an apology. Nah, they just walked off fuming. And I was like, I'm I very know. sorry. Very I sorry know. about that. But that it's, must be because it's they're so worried. It's so hard because it's, it's like, it's just... They say the aircraft will be engulfed in flames within like ninety seconds. Like literally, it's it's yeah. And the thing is, with them, people put the cigarette butts in the bin, and the bin is full of Paper like towel. tissues. And some people like walk past and they put like little mini alcohol bottles in the bins as well. So that again is, do you know what I mean? I'm There's like a self powerful. extinguisher. Like there is a self automated one in the bins. But, um, yeah, we do full training in simulators. You do, like, the back of the hand if it's, like, hot, cold door, if you just, like, crack it open or you can go in and we have, like, the full smoke hood. And, like, the flight deck, and they can get... Obviously, they know what's going on as well and they would straight away, like, look for alternate landing and stuff just as, like, preparation. But, yeah, fire is... People sit... Like, I would do, like, flights to, like, India and people would just be sitting in their seat, like, smoking. And I'm just like... (gasps) What the fuck are you doing? Like, because some of the like laborers in Dubai, like they've never been in a plane before. Like, they just don't get it. Like, they'll just like do the toilet beside the door. They don't know there's a toilet, and you're just like, mate, you've just pissed on my door. No. Oh, I'm not joking you. Aircraft people lose all sense of hygiene. 
and they just are absolutely vile, disgusting. Ah! That is true fact. Right, from from that extreme to the next, before I finish this podcast, I have to ask you, are you part of the Mile High Club? Yes. Yes! And they were all like, she's going to get fired. I was like, mate, I just left my job to come on this show. Like, I'm not, I'm not, gonna, I'm not stupid. But I didn't do it when I was working. I would never no. do that. I was a passenger. And um, yeah, I was, with, I was with my boyfriend. And I mean, it was absolutely rank. Those toilets are vile. Doesn't matter if you're in first class, whatever. They're yeah. so dirty. But there's like, um, there's like a partition between like certain ones on certain aircraft like depend on the configuration but you can take the door off so you've got like mm-hmm. two toilets so that's what i did oh, oh babe that's such a, well if anybody's looking to join the my high club and listen uh, to this that is a top right me, I'll, I'll let you know but yeah i to be honest like i just wanted to get it over and done but if i was i was yeah. so i just wanted to do it to say i'd done it like it's just one of those daft things probably would have been better on maybe like a private jet yeah. <laughs> maybe like stinky emirates play but oh. um yeah i just did it i just did it to do it um, and I was just like, really hope this is over really fast. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. Poor Erkan, I don't even really shag him in a bed. He's never getting sex in the sky. I cannot be bothered. It sounds really uncomfortable, but well done for you. It's definitely a bucket list tick. Yeah, that's. I just did it to do it. It was like, I think it was I near said, the end of me flying. I think I was just like, oh, I need to do this. I said bucket list tick there, by the way, not bucket list dick, but either would work. Um, <laughs> Or Laura, it's, <laughs> it's been such a pleasure talking to you today, mate. You seem so happy and I'm so pleased about your new fella, your new life in Dubai, everything. <laughs> um, but I do have to ask before I let you go, um, we always get our gorgeous guests to give our lovely listeners kind of like a little pearl of wisdom. Um, we call it our secret too. Um, and you know, the first part of this pod was so filled with chat about resilience and and, and like really trusting in your journey and finding your way and, you know, doing things your own way, which is often really difficult when there are so many other people around you telling you to do other stuff. And oh, But I know that you found your happily ever after and there'll be so many people listening who want to find theirs um, and feeling like they don't really have the confidence to trust their own instincts. So I want to know mm-hmm. what your secret is to going with your gut. I think the secret to going with your gut is just almost listening to your own feelings like if you feel good when you're around someone if you feel happy positive when you're doing a certain job then I think that is for you and it goes the same as if you feel bad or down when you're in a certain situation then that is not for you so I think just recognizing your own feelings um listening to yourself really tells you maybe what choices you're supposed to make so you just need to trust your own instincts don't listen to what people say and sort of like exterior situations or people I think your feelings sort of guide you and that's that's what your gut is isn't it it's a feeling so yeah trust your instinct your gut and recognise how you feel and you should make the right choices in life. Oh, babe, but it's so right. Like, you, there's that saying, and I'll get it wrong because I don't use it a lot, but it's kind of like you regret 100% of the chances that you don't take, you know? Yeah. But like... Uh, yeah, of course. Like, nobody knows what, what's going to happen in life and, 
you know, nobody has the same plan, nobody has the same story. Like you are in charge of your life and you make your own story and you can make things work even if they're difficult as well. So I just think if there's something that you really want and you, you have to believe that you deserve it, you should just go for it and worry about if it's a relationship, you and that person, or if it's a job, just worry about how you're going to make it work. Just don't always be so easily influenced by others' opinions because that just throws us off. I think yeah, we know what's for us and it's it's other outer, you know, exterior people or media or whatever that makes, like, doubts us. Like, we just need to stop doubting ourselves. We, we're responsible for our own happiness and we need to take that responsibility. Make the decision, go with your gut, and you never know, like, what could, you know, flourish from it. Be the captain of your own happiness. A little the airplane captain. pun for you, just to end. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Biggie! You're welcome. Over, oh, over and out. <laughs> oh, I oh love you, mate. Thank you so much for being such a lovely guest. Oh, thanks for having me. I feel like I'm sat in your house with you. You're so cute. <laughs> Well, guys, that was the lovely Laura Anderson there. Doesn't she just sound so happy? Oh, my God. Yeah, it really deserves a happily ever after. Um, if you are based in Dubai, guys, Laura's in a pantomime over the festive period. I think it's from, like, the 14th to the 28th of December. And it's must-see. It's also got a fella Dean Bowers in, if anyone's another level fan like I am. Get yourselves down there. You can get tickets from Virgin Mega Stores online at Book My Show. There's loads of different places, but I'm sure there'll be more information over on Laura's Instagram. I loved having her on. What a fantastic guest. Vicky Patterson, the secret too. Available to listen to wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tell your mates, leave reviews, do all of the podcasty things. And have a great week, everybody. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,